Chapter 27 Naomi's Charm You knew about us, I said. You knew when we arrived, what our plans were. I did, said the sky god. A whisper of wind brushed through the palace's rooftop garden. Naomi stood in front of me, hands clasped behind his back as he stared at the sun setting over the city. I was sorry my friends were missing out on the view, but the sky god had asked for a private consult with me. Naomi had shifted to a normal size now, a bit shorter than Granddad, and he wore a cream and dark brown striped tunic and loose cream pants. If I didn't know better, if the gold-flecked eyes didn't brim with many millennia's worth of knowledge, I'd swear he was just one of the chess-playing old heads at my apartment complex in Chicago. You used the statues, I said. You looked through their eyes. He nodded. Yes, that is how I witnessed what happened to my people. If only I had foreseen what was to come, I might have been able to prevent it, to save at least some of them. Some did get away, I said. They fled to Midpass, but now they and the Midfolk both face the same trouble there. Naomi glanced at me, and I swallowed at the intensity of his gaze. It was like being held in place by a huge magnet. The monsters still lurk here, too, he said. I'd hoped that their appetite would be sated by now, that my people could return. But you can't help them? You're the all-powerful sky god. Can't you defeat the Ma, or you know what, can't you fix the tear? Naomi sank down on a stone bench and put his head in his hands. I wish I could. I do not have the strength. My powers have been sapped. So we should all just suffer? There's nothing you can do? He shook his head. What about those statues? The sentries? We could take a couple to help fight. Only Kumi could stand up to this threat, and her strength is tied to mine. The rest, they are barely enough to protect the Golden Crescent, Naomi said sadly. Even if they were stronger, I cannot spare them now, not when I'm so weak. I sank down next to him on the bench. So we're doomed then? The sky god turned back to the view. The sun winked behind a bank of low-hanging clouds, turning their undersides rosy pink. He sighed. Not yet. I may not be able to give you the help you seek, Anansasem. It will be some time before I am myself, but I can give you something else. It may increase the chance that my people will eventually be restored to their homes, to their lives, their happiness. I watched, confused, as Naomi stood up and plucked a rosy cloud from the sky. Yeah, that's right. He plucked a cloud from the sky, like it was a flower from one of the trees in the garden. He rolled the wisp between his two palms. Then he pressed both hands together and whispered something between them. He extended his hand. Your bracelet, please. I clutched the tassel from Eddie's journal, not wanting to part with it. Naomi smiled, and this time it reached his eyes. No harm will come to it. I may be suffering from branfly poison, but I can still imbue a charm or two. I untied it and passed it over. Naomi took the tassel and tied a small charm onto it. When he handed it back, I gawked at the rose gold adinkra resting next to Anansi's symbol. It matched what was painted on the yachts in the marina, on the front of the palace, and on the arms of the statues. Gi Niami, 
I whispered, and the sky god nodded. You already have Anansi Zadinkra, which brings power to your stories. That is important. Alki is woven with stories, and the threads exist all around us. You can hear them sometimes. Music, chanting, rhythm. I inhaled. I thought I was hearing things. You were. The heartbeat of this world. If you concentrate, the sound can become so vivid, vivid you can almost see it. Nayami sighed wistfully before pointing at the adinkra he'd just bestowed to me. I cannot give you one of my sentries, Anansasem, but I can give you this charm. It will bring focus to your surroundings and help you gain clarity. You'll find the mysteries of Alki a bit easier to solve. I looped the bracelet around my wrist and studied the silver and gold charms. They looked nice together, but how would they help us repair the hole? You're wondering what good a little charm will do. Nayami clasped his hands behind his back and tipped his head for me to join him. Come, walk with me. We strolled around the garden. On the opposite side of the roof, facing southeast, Nayami stopped and stared at the dark, jagged mountains ringing the golden crescent. Alki is a land divided, Nayami said after a moment. The great cities do not share as they once did. The iron monsters only pushed a wedge into a fractured landscape that already existed. We used to meet every season, to swap ideas and music and stories, to exchange culture. Our sons danced with their daughters, and their sons danced with ours. Our mothers taught their children, and their mothers taught ours. And with the tear and the iron monsters, I finished, you can't make things better. Midpass and the rest of the Alkians will always be divided, even if we huddle together hiding from the same threat. I shook my head. It really needs to be fixed now. It does, and I agree with your goal, if not your plan. Anansi, if he could be found and bribed, could weave the hole shut and greatly diminish the power of the iron monsters. But after that, they'd still need to be defeated once and for all. Them, he added grimly, and this haint that's tormenting you. At this, Nayami's face twisted into anger for a brief moment. Then he exhaled and pointed to a palace with seven towers off by itself in the foothills of the soaring mountain range. That is Anansi's palace. If you want a clue about the story box's whereabouts, I would start there. Do not mistake me, Anansi-sem. This will be no easy quest. If you continue, you will be risking your life and the lives of your friends. But you must try... And so I give you these words of advice. I stood up straighter, ready to receive some profound words of wisdom. Those who help you may not be on your side, and those who oppose you can be your greatest allies. I waited for more, but Naomi just clasped his hands again and stared out, wise and all-knowing, like he'd just dropped some crazy freestyle bars and the crowd was going wild. Nah. I cleared my throat. Um... Is that it? He turned, surprised. Yes. Do you need me to repeat it? No, but, like, can you elaborate? I don't understand. I mean, why does everything gotta be so mysterious? Can't I get a clear instruction or something? A manual? A step-by-step -step guide to being a hero? But that's not how this works. The sky god looked confused. But you're a god, right? Can't you just... Abracadabra me, a quest translator, so I can make sure I'm doing the right thing? No. Heroes don't. I'm not a hero. 
I'm a boy with a crew straight out of a dusty fairy tale book, and everybody accepts, expects me to confront beasts and monsters and fly around on a raft. I don't even like flying. I'm scared of heights. There, I said it. But, Naomi looked worried now, and I don't even get a sword or a spear or a magical slingshot. You've got the Adinkra of the gods. What more? Man, you gave me a charm from the department store. Gad, Dad gives those to Mom when he forgets her birthday, and you expect it to make me clairvoyant against evil? Okay, I shook my head. The confusion in Naomi's golden eyes as he watched me walk away nearly made me laugh. It would have been funny if my life wasn't on the line. <laughs>